Okie dokie. Well, welcome back into the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. It's a pleasure to be back with you. Thank you for all of the followership on all of our podcasting platforms, our YouTube channel, SoundCloud, where we are hosted. You can find us on Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Continue to look at our Facebook page for upcoming updates. Thank you again for just for everything that you guys have done. I, I record these throughout the week and I, even though it can be a burden in a way because it's, it's content, um, I still look forward to it. It, there's been a lot of stuff. I mean, people have been very, very busy the last, um, few, few months. So trying to schedule new interviews has been difficult. So I, I apologize uh, for that, but, uh, thank you for, for taking time to listen to this today. You know, last uh, several weeks at my church and I, we've been going through the minor prophets of the Old Testament, you know, starting with Malachi, Nahum, Habakkuk, Obadiah, Joel, Amos, uh, and a lot of the things that you see throughout as a theme is this idea of justice. These these people uh, of God who were not doing just things. They were living not just in sin, but scoffing at God or people who were just evil, who had overtaken God's people, still doing very evil things and basically saying, who's going to touch me? I'm untouchable. God's not going to take care of me. He hasn't done anything yet. So there you go. It's that simple. Well, of course, we see like any nation, uh, any kingdom, like they're not around anymore. Like if you want to ask, like, for example, the Assyrian Empire, like, Let's go ask them. Uh, how do you think that's that's working out for them? Yeah, well, they're dead and gone. And they they were conquered after they conquered. And the Rome, you know, we can ask the Romans uh, how how they're doing, but uh, except for they're not around anymore. Uh, just uh, ancient structures to look after. Same thing with the Egyptians, you know. And it's it's just something that's a reminder that uh, you know all of this too shall shall pass. That we at least here in the West, you know, in America. Uh, that it's not guaranteed to be around forever either. Uh, but yet every nation, uh, they get to a point, it seems, where you know, hubris takes effect. Uh, that vanity, that pride really takes root and we're oblivious to our own problems. You know, there's enemy at the gate where we don't have even people at the at the gate watching, you know, the watchmen who watched over the city to make sure the, the city's walls weren't breached because the city's walls were the supposed impregnable force that defended it. And so if you got over the barriers without being seen, you could invade the city. And and that's, at least for me, you know, that is something that I, um, I, wonder, I wonder about our country. Of course, no, nothing's, nothing's invincible, but it's to a point where you don't even feel like you need to watch for danger, watch for the enemies at the borders. Um, and I'm, I'm not just talking, talking literally, I'm talking about, you know, figuratively, um, I could talk about metaphorically here in the church, um, people who wish to do God's people wrong. Like, where are the watchmen? Where are the people trying to, to keep the evil out? And once it happens, that a lot of times it takes people by surprise, and there's a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow that ends up transpiring. But what, what, I, what I'd like to think about is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, this past week we preached on uh, the book of Nahum, and, you know, that book is, is just, uh, the first chapter in particular is just this cry and this wail to God saying, when, when, when are you, when are you going to do something? Um, if I could read from, for you, uh, chapter one, because I think it's very, very important. 
this this particular perspective on on God. So chapter one, starting at verse one from the NIV, says a prophecy concerning concerning Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum the Elkishite. The Lord is jealous and avenging God. The Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes and vents his wrath against his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger but great in power. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. His way is in the whirlwind and the storm and clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and dries it up. He makes all the rivers run dry. Bashan and Carmel wither and the blossoms of Lebanon fade. The mountains quake before him and the hills melt away. The earth trembles at his presence, the world and all who live in it. Who can withstand his indignation? Who can endure his fierce anger? His wrath is poured out like fire. The rocks are shattered before him. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him, but with an overwhelming flood, he will make an end of Nineveh. He will pursue his foes into the realm of darkness. Whatever they plot against the Lord, he will bring to an end. Trouble will not come a second time. They will be entangled among thorns and drunk from their wine. They will be consumed like dry stubble. From you, Nineveh, has one come forth who plots evil against the Lord and devises wicked plans. This is what the Lord says. Although they have allies and are numerous, they will be destroyed and pass away. Although I have afflicted you, Judah, I will afflict you no more. Now I will break your yoke from your neck and tear your shackles away. Lord has given a command concerning you, Nineveh. You will have no descendants to bear your name. I will destroy the images and idols that are in the temple of your gods. I will prepare your grave, for you are vile. Look! There on the mountains, the feet of one who brings good news, who proclaims peace. Celebrate your festivals, Judah, and fulfill your vows. No more will the wicked invade you. They'll be completely destroyed. It's just fascinating that about 150 years prior to Nahum being written, Jonah, the prophet, goes and is told after his reluctance and the encounter with the fish, he's told to go to Nineveh for their sin had risen up to God and basically tell them to repent. And he doesn't want to do it, but then he goes and they do. So why is why is he talking about Nineveh again here? What what are they what are they talking about? And there's so many lessons here to be had. One, it's 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 a reminder that yes, people can change what happens to their children, the descendants. And in 150 years, this kingdom that had experienced repentance, you know, they're obviously their ancestors kind of forgot about it. And now they experience this uh, tremendous evil. And now God is saying, trust me, those who persecute you, they will be destroyed. But you got to trust in me. Trust that I know what's best here. Trust me that I will bring action. And so instead of, allowing any other people to take vengeance, allow me to do it. How many of us want to take vengeance into our own hands? Well, it's simple. That person or that thing did it, they admitted it, and here's the justice. Boom. I'm the arbiter of it. And is that hard? Because even though you might technically be right, your actions might be the same that God takes. But now that blood is on your hands. We always want it our way, don't we? And it's a shame when justice is delayed or delayed on our timeline because it is painful. What's a reminder, you know, is that God is for us. He hurts with us and that does not help. That I don't understand that's a 
that is just me capitulating to the the lowest common denominator. It's saying the the easiest thing you could say, like, oh, you should just trust God and everything will be fine. And, you know, the sun will, will come back to your life and you'll be fine. And I, I don't want to do that, but there are still truths. And it's unfortunate that the truth can be buried under things that are cliche. And I wonder if that's not the devil sometimes because we like, oh, that's a taboo thing. Or, or oh, that's cliche. Like, I know it's... You know, it's the thing to, that people say, but there's a reason why those things endure, because they're true. As a minister of the gospel, I still have to speak truth. The hard time is for, for us ministers is rescuing truth from relevancy. The people are just know they've heard the story again, but it, the reason why these stories have endured is because they have a fundamental truth about them that transcends time and experience. And what you see here in the Old Testament, the latter half of the Old Testament, is the fact that they're... There is a there's a tying in between God, allowing God to be God, humans being humans, and us serving him. And what happens when we don't serve him? Calamity will ensue. So to tie this back where I started at the beginning with our country, those that think that the American Empire will endure through the end of time, I don't know what makes us so special. And I mean, our system of government, I believe, is special. It's pretty much un, unproven, a democratic republic, right? But that does not mean it's going to last forever because it's new and because it succeeded for oh a whopping two hundred and what eighty two years like ooh 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 that's that's really big right I don't I don't understand um, why people think that just because it's the way it was at one point doesn't mean it's it it's, means that it's always going to be that way two hundred and forty six years by the way I'm way off there on my math I apologize I'm just wondering that. If we have that same hubris here in the church, are we, are we the church people in, in outside of America as we are inside of America? That's for the folks here in the West. Ah, just some things I've been, been wrestling with. These are questions I, I want to talk about. There's been a lot of commentary in the last three years on justice, right? And unfortunately, when I hear Christians talk about this, we we're, we're, don't keep it to biblical justice. We, we put an adjective in front of it that makes it human. Not that God doesn't care about the human level, but who are we leaving justice up to? Are we taking it into our own hands? Anyway, I appreciate you hanging out with me today. Thanks for the short, short attention span. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. I, I still can joke on this podcast. I know I don't do that too often on these solo adventures, but I love you guys. I cherish your, your listenership. And may God bless you and may God keep you.